Welcome to the Backdrop Untold Stories in Golf. I'm the co-founder of New Club Golf Society, Matt Considine. Today, I am not your host. I give those distinct duties to Ambassador Extraordinaire, South Bend's native son, Jake Brown, joins us as the host of this episode of the Backdrop to uh, welcome a very special guest. We have Mike Vesely, the superintendent at Culver Academies in Culver, Indiana, joining Jake Brown on the pod. Mike and Jake discuss a variety of different topics, jumping from Mike's career to date and the many places he's touched throughout Indiana, as well as what it's been like settling in at Culver Academies and one of Langford and Moreau's very best nine-hole courses you can find anywhere and kind of a masterpiece of the Midwest. Also, what keeps Mike motivated with his craft, improving as a superintendent, especially when so few people get to play, give it to play the place outside of the high schoolers who played on a regular basis. Also, last week to subscribe or to register for the Rumble, the Chicago Rumble, headed back to another Langford and Moreau masterpiece in Kankakee Elks down in St. Anne, Illinois. We'll be there on August 14th. It's a Saturday. We're going to have the whole course to ourselves. There will be food included, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'll have door prizes. We'll have contest winners. We're going to bring back a little bit of gambling to the uh to the fray with some skins games and the member members always seem to tick up a notch. The member member formats are a bit more competitive. The juices really start flowing. So we, we want to see everybody there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great day. This is the last week uh, for registration. So hopefully you join us without further ado onto the show with Mike Vesely of Culver Academy. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Jake Brown, a new club golf society ambassador member based in South Bend, Indiana, doing a, a little guest interview for the Backdrop uh, podcast. I'm joined by Mike Vesely, the head superintendent at the uh, Culver Academy's golf course down in Culver, Indiana. Mike, uh, thanks for taking some time out of your hectic summer schedule to join us. No problem. Thanks, Jake. Glad to be here. Yeah, so we will dive into Langford Row and Culver um, headlong in a, in a second, but I wanted to talk a little bit about your um, your career a little bit because I have to admit up front, I have played the entire Mike Vesely golf trail. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested in the background. Um, you started at a course called Chesapeake Run in North Judson with a, a grow and a new build. Um, then you spent a f- couple few years at Blackthorn Golf Club here in South Bend and then on Culver. Um, can you just walk us through your, your career a little bit? Sure, sure. I was uh, uh, I went to Purdue straight out of high school, and um, unfortunately I didn't, uh, didn't notice the turf program <laughs> while I was there uh, because I didn't know what I wanted to study, and it just felt like a waste of of time to to stick around and and money uh to stick around and do something i wasn't sure i wanted to do so i just uh entered the workforce um worked at a sporting goods store uh for a couple years um team sports uh dealt with a lot of high schools in the area and um and then moved on to uh uh a job in the uh uh industrial job working um different places traveling um and then uh just just wasn't uh wasn't finding fulfillment and the course i grew up playing on 
the owner of that course was building a, a course in North Jetson, Chesapeake Run. They needed some help uh, while they were putting the irrigation system in, and I was uh, I was willing to give it a shot. And um, so I started at Chesapeake Run uh, during the build, as you mentioned, and I just fell in love with turf from that point on. It was just a just became a passion to me, um, just to see. Uh, what that place where it was and then after some seed and a little water and fertilizer where it went to um was just uh just inspired me to to pursue it more so i was uh i was an assistant there for a while a couple years until the superintendent left and i just worked my butt off and and uh, tried to learn as much as i could from as many people as i could and and they uh let me take over so I was there for 10, 11 years um, as a superintendent. They fell on some hard times in 07, 08 uh, with the, uh, um, you know, the, they started a housing development right at the beginning of, or end of 07 and end of 08 when everything kind of fell apart. Yeah, just, just bad timing there. Right? Yeah, it was. So 08, 09 was kind of, um, taken from the golf course to pay for the spec houses they built, you know, mm-hmm. kind of th- that type of thing. So it fell into some financial strain. Um, and at, at that point, um, I was kind of looking, uh, I, I was looking for a good assistance job because, um, I just wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing, if that makes any sense. So, uh, I wanted to find a, a uh, you know, Chesapeake's a nice place, um, middle of the road course, but I wanted to work somewhere, um, uh, you know, uh, a bigger, uh, I don't know, bigger course, I guess would, would be the word to say, just, just somewhere where, where I could really test what I knew and, and, uh, see, see how things went. So, um, I, I, I interviewed at Augusta National, I interviewed at, uh, Oakmont, uh, with John Zimmers, um, went out to Pittsburgh. That was really cool and, uh, didn't really find a place. And John, uh, Quickstad at Blackburn had a position open up, um, and interviewed there and was offered the job and, and, um, took it. Uh, it was funny because I was offered the, uh, the superintendent's position at Aberdeen and Valparaiso like the same week. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> as, as the assistant's job. <laughs> Blackthorn and and it was it was mulling over because Aberdeen was kind of in the at that point was kind of in the same spot Chesapeake was so it was kind of you know what do I do um so I I took the assistant's job at Blackthorn um uh and they held a couple of the Symmetra Tour events of the three years I was there which was really cool and night great experience um and you know dealing with the a, a pretty big public course um in all sorts of facets i mean it's just big big bent grass areas but everything was was just big there um and uh but i was i was traveling an hour each way um for work which which uh put a toll yeah on me especially the early mornings um so uh i just you know was was looking to uh, find something somewhere else and Culver popped up 
on the radar. I was just doing an internet search one night and I saw a position at Culver Academy. So it was, um, you know, which is about 20 minutes from my house. So, <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. So it was, it was, it, um, I didn't know what it was going to turn into, <laughs> right? but it was, it was interesting when I, uh, saw the job in the description It just caught my eye. And, um, I just, uh, you know, thought I'd give it a shot and interviewed well there, uh, with some, they, they had some pretty, pretty good, uh, other, other candidates as well. And, and they, they thought, uh, they thought I fit, fit better there and, and, um, gave me a shot and here I am. The rest is history, right? <laughs> uh yeah i mean i've played like i said i've played all of those courses my dad and i used to run down in north judson and play chesapeake a, a little bit and uh living in south bend i've obviously played blackthorn quite a bit um it's i feel like people blackthorn's reputation sometimes locally is great track um a lot of fun gets kind of beat up by august because of yeah. the outing right um is that pretty accurate like what you saw while you were out there uh, attending that course yeah well the first my first year the the symmetric tour was coming in august which uh -huh. was <laughs> which was kind of scary for us <laughs> uh, the team it was like oh gosh. yeah and then they switched it to june and i, I think now maybe they've gone back to august but uh, yeah, it was, you know, it gets a lot of play, a lot of play, uh, a lot of outings, leagues, um, you know, it was just a busy course. Um, uh, and it, yeah, those, those Poa greens just by, by August, they were tired. Uh -huh. They were really tired. Um, you know, we, we, we did all we could, but yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it, uh, it is a great track and, uh, John does a great job there. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, you can't, you, some, some things are out of your control, you know, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, and by the time, also, I think it's amazing that you found Culver just by an internet search and it, everything falls into place. That's just it meant to be right. It, it, it's, it's crazy. It has happened. My, I mean, I, uh, uh, I had no formal education in turf. So I was, I did the Penn state world campus. Uh -huh. And when I started, it just had a certificate program. And so I, I got these credits and, and I was, I finished up my last credit to get my advanced certificate or I think that's what it was called. Okay. And I got an email that said they're offering a bachelor's degree online world campus, you know, right when I was finishing. So I was one of the first couple students to, to enroll in their bachelor's program online. Now I, I did a bunch of prereq classes at the, Purdue North Central or I forget what it's called now, Purdue Northwest or yep. whatever. Uh -huh. Um did, did a lot of classes there, but um, you know, just kinda it, it just kinda worked this way. I mean it was the timing was was pretty incredible. So um yeah, that job I, I, I actually looked it was like indeed or something yeah i just i was in it and it just popped <laughs> and then like two days later my bought john at blackthorn he's like hey i just got this email i don't want to tell you about but i need to tell you about it yeah they you know they had sent a you know feelers out and he told me about it so i'm like yeah it's funny because i already applied for it <laughs> that's awesome that's so great well with your um, I listened to uh, an older interview that you did with uh, Andy Johnson over the Friday and, and you mentioned that 
um, you did a phone interview at Augusta, which I mean, amazing. Right. And then, uh, you went out to Pittsburgh and, and interviewed Oakmont. How, how serious were you about potentially, you know, going to Oakmont, given the fact that you are from North, you know, Northwest Indiana and kind of rooted in that, in this neck of the woods? Yeah, well, it was, it was tough. We did, my wife and I had our, we had our first baby and we, we were expecting our second. So it was tough, but it was something, you know. It was Oakmont, right? Yeah, it was Oakmont, yeah, right? Yeah, and and the pedigree and where John's assistants were going, and, and you know, it was just um, it was something I really couldn't pass up. But it, it, the the situation had to be totally right, you know. Um, and it was uh, it was fun, and it it, it was I I don't know, it was close to working, but it just you know it just wasn't going to work. Uh, financially for the family so um but it was uh, it was pretty cool going out there i know that <laughs> yeah and driving the course and uh you know listening to john talk about some things i mean it was it was uh it was an experience just going there i mean it was it was worth it yeah but uh yeah i mean it was uh, you know it was going to be a tough decision but we if if it would have worked out financially we would have we would have made the jump yeah things would have been totally different well yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah yes. yeah so as you uh and we'll kind of peel back the layers on on culver here in a second but you you get that job i think with late 2014 and they're just wrapping the renovation at that time when yeah you... basically okay yeah the, the, yeah um the, they I want to say they started late in 2013 with uh, irrigation okay. into 2014, and then the, the bunkers and drainage. And when I got there, they had just started pushing the mow lines of the greens uh, back out to recapture um, uh, the 23 greens. So 1923 greens, uh -huh. sorry. Um, so that, that's when I... I came in, it was, um, you know, they had, so there's a gentleman that works at the golf course has been there for thir over 30 years and, um, they kind of mowed the lines out for him and, and there, there was only two guys working at the time. And, you know, I don't think it was progressing as they had wished, but there was, you know, they can't be there all the time. The architects, I, sh I should say, yeah. uh, couldn't be there all the time. So, um, it wasn't, as far along as I think they wanted, but, um, you know, we, uh, we got in there and I, I was able to get a few sand top dressings on before winter hit and overseed a little bit, winter dormant seed a little bit. So, um, we got, we got started a little late that year, but, uh, once, once 2015 hit, we really went, went at those mall lines. Yeah. Yeah. So as we, like I had mentioned, uh, as we were getting ready for this, it's, uh, I don't know if you've done a lot of research on new club, but as a, as a golf club, um, we're very enthusiastic about Langford and Moreau. So, right, uh, right. have a, have an event as we record this, um, got an event coming up where the group will go up to La Sonia, nice. uh, yeah. regular tea times at Kankakee Elks and a, and a member member event there. Society trip to Harrison Hills has happened. Um, yeah. and that's just a few. So it's, uh, do you find other Langford and Moreau 
I don't know what's the right word, enthusiasts like this that pop up that are, you know, wanting to pick your brain about Culver all the time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, get, I get messages all the time. Yeah. Yeah, there's, the, you know, they they are enthusiasts is, is is a good word. I mean, they, um, there's not a lot of them, uh, but, but they are, they, they seek it out for yeah. sure. So yeah, I get, I get, I get quite a few messages, uh, wanting to just see some people just want to see it. I want to walk it. They don't not really caring about playing it. They just, just would like to see it. So yeah. And uh, yeah, I heard the, 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 uh, backdrop, uh, podcast with Dan Moore, which was okay. excellent. Excellent. Uh, if you really want to, want to dive into Langford and, and hear what he's, uh, the history and, and everything, it was, man, it was good. Really good. Yeah, he's, he's the guy to talk to for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, how many other, how much other Langford and Moreau have you sought out to see for yourself? I, well, I, my game playing, <laughs> I haven't played a lot of golf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Culver's kept me busy. Family's kept me busy. Of course. I, I've been, um, uh, I've been trying really hard to get to Lasonia. I, I'm embarrassed to say I have not been there. Uh, um, neither have I. So you're, it, you're not alone. Yeah. I just, I, I, and, and, you know, Andy's the Chicago ones and the, it was kind of, I mean, I, I need to, uh, make the time to, just seek them out and go, go take a few days, get up to Wisconsin and come back down and, and just see them. Um, and obviously play a little bit, but you know, I've, I've got a couple of invites to Wisconsin, uh, to play other courses. So I just, I need to make it happen. I just need to do it. (laughs) One of these days, right? Right. right. But I, you know, I see the photos and I, uh, um, you know, you can, you can definitely tell a length for that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, for me, I haven't played, uh, actually with the ones I listed earlier, I don't think I've played any of them. Um, but just in the re- research and the history, which is something I love, I know that you love as well. Um, there's something to be appreciated about Langford Amaro, both when they were working as a team and how the impact that they made with being still so little known outside of a small circle, don't you think? Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. They were, they're definitely underappreciated. Uh-huh. Um, they did some, they did some, uh, they did some crazy things <laughs> <laughs> for their time. Yeah, absolutely. For the time. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't think they followed uh, templates too much or, you know, I just, they, they did, uh, they were pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, Andy Johnson, yeah, he he's got a pretty good description of Langford. He calls him what do you say, Seth Rayner on Gainer track. Or yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you know they, yeah, um, but very very underappreciated, and and a lot of their work, unfortunately, has disappeared. Yes. Um what they did, which was one of the great things about Culver. Um, uh, is that it was untouched. It had nothing had changed there since they were there in the early twenties. So, um, and I think Wasoni is fairly close to where it was, uh, as well from what I understand. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it, it, I'm glad that they, they are starting to get, catch some traction with, with like new, with new club and, uh, Friday's talked about Langford a lot. And I mean, it's, 
it's starting to catch on and people are are starting to notice, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. I think someday when they're even more popular than they are, those of us who were in and out early, it'd be like when you knew a band before everyone else. Right? <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah, like from Row, I've been talking about that for years. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. um, so as we look at the course, and one of the reasons I'm even doing this interview is because I was fortunate enough to play through another new club member who was on through someone else. We had a connection and um, it was, it was very last minute. It was actually around this time last year, maybe just under a year. And uh, Tim, the new club member messaged me cause he knew I was close by and said, Hey, got an opening. Can you come to Culver tomorrow? And it was like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can make that happen. Um, and as someone who's like, I'm not a big design architecture junkie i've read enough books to be a little dangerous um yeah. i love i love the history uh i love history in general so older courses appeal to me um it was like i hesitate to call it like a religious experience because that's a little too much but it was a it was kind of one of those aha experiences on a golf course yeah. where i was like this is amazing and i couldn't exactly explain that. i remember try, like, trying to tell my dad after he's like well, what was so great about it i'm like dad i, I don't know yeah <laughs> i just know that it was one of my best golf experiences ever have you i'm sure you've heard that before well uh, yeah i mean it it, it kind of i wasn't into architecture at all i mean i was i took care of grass that's right. kind of what i and it it was one of my first first days there i saw uh i was standing uh, where our new driving range T is, and I was looking at hole two, uh-huh. and the leaves were gone off the trees, and the the native areas were cut down, and I just was like, that is so different. I mean, it was just like, like you just said, it just struck me like, wow, that's, uh, if you don't know that green complex, I, it's hard to explain, but it's, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty cool, pretty cool pad they have there, um, and uh, it's just like, this is different. I'm someplace different. Um and from then on, I just kind of caught this bug of, of uh, you know, architecture and the golden age, especially. Um, and you know, I I I I have heard you now Brian Schneider, who's one of Dope's associates, uh, really really great guy. Uh, he messaged me. I think he came out last year. He was driving by, wanted to see the place. He's a Langford. Uh, nut as well uh-huh. um, and he messaged me after they got done playing he said that that round was magical or something like yeah. that that was that was his uh, message <laughs> yeah. what a magical evening so yeah I mean I've heard it before and I, I agree with you it's like you don't know what it is but it's it, you know there's there's just something you know special about the place yeah there is it's uh, I was thinking about this today when I was getting ready for for this interview and it reminds me of going to Notre Dame a little bit. Like yeah. if you go to Notre Dame, especially during a quiet time, not a football game weekend. Right. Um, right. But I spend a yeah. lot of time on campus and it's like, it is very, I don't know, but it, but you know what you feel when you're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. I, it, it's, uh, but you know, I, I, I couldn't add to that. That's, that's <laughs> way to put it. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so as you, as you got uh, sort of boots on the ground and, and let's talk like maybe early 2015 when you've been there for a little bit, lay of the land, the, the renovation is, is basically done and the renovation 
to me, from seeing some of the articles written about it, it's just kind of peeling back the layers of what was underneath that had been lost over the years. Um, And as you're starting to tease that out a little more, what were your initial impressions of the property, the course, and what, what you had to work with? Well, as I mentioned, that looking at the number two green, it just, it just, you know, hit me that this is someplace different. And, uh, I would, I did a couple walkthroughs with Chris Monte, who was Bobby Weed's associate, um, uh, talking about the place and the history and, and, um, you know, what he thought of it. Um, and again, I'm new to architecture. So, you know, I'm just, it was just a job at the beginning, uh, closer to home uh-huh. <laughs> at a good, at a good place to work. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it was, uh, there was a lot of work to do. The greens were, oh man, they were, you know, they were like walking on a mattress when I started. Um, and the fairways had, there were hardly any fairway lines. Um, you know, and, I don't think they had spent any money on fairways as far as agronomic practices like fertilizer or crabgrass control or anything in, in at least 50 years. I mean, it was just, you know, uh, they had, they had really small posted stamp greens that were obviously they were mowed out, you know, trying to recapture them. And it was, um, it, it was, I don't want to say it was daunting, but it was, it was a big challenge. Um, but I also knew it couldn't be get anything but better. Right. <laughs> With just a little TLC. So I mean, I I knew we were going to get some places, uh, but it was just going to take some time. And um, you know, initially started out with just focusing on the uh, green complexes, getting those uh, greens firmer, um, getting the the grasses back out, uh, getting them playable. Um, and that's kind of what we focused on all of 2015. Um, we, we, we were closed that entire year. I think the, uh, I think the boys, yeah, we were closed all year. Um, and opened up to the boys team in the spring of 2016. So, uh, we had a good solid year of, um, good agronomic practices everywhere and uh, greens were they firmed up quick we put a lot of sand down through i was throwing sand on the greens like every week um trying to get them firmer and uh, relieve the thatch and you know doing doing a lot of things um and once we got once we got the greens uh where they needed to be uh, the following year we, we could focus on on fairways uh and and th- then in 20 20- 17, the end of 2017 into 2018, we started working more on mow lines. Once I kind of uh, understood uh, a little more about uh, architecture and, and where where uh, Langford's intent was on uncertain holes and things of that nature, then, then we then we started focusing more on mow lines and and uh, um, making it. Uh, bringing back the the uh intent of langford yeah you, you set me up for my next question perfectly <laughs> when you talk about the intent it's this isn't a, a new course build right so it's not like you can call up you know tom doke and say hey what what were you going for here or be be with them as they build the course out so you're you're t- you're going back in some old history and trying to uh, probably see the course and try to 
visualize what Langford's intent was. How do you do that for a course that, you know, has been open for almost a hundred years? Well, luckily, uh, the Academy is, is pretty good at archiving their, their history. Um, they, they have a lot, a lot of photos, um, old photos from the twenties and thirties that they uh, have archived that I've been able to look at and, and, um, you know, kind of guesstimate things. And, uh, they have a, they have a 1939 aerial, um, that we could base a lot of things off of. And then, uh, read Langford's, uh, 1915, uh, golf in the Chicago district, uh-huh. uh, his pamphlet that was, is really good and really, um, dives into his thinking on architecture and angles and, you know, everything basically. Uh, so taking that and then I've, I've talked to a lot of, a lot of people that know <laughs> a lot more about architecture than me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and just, you know, picking brains and, you know, where, where line and watching golf on television, um, one of the, I think it was the country club of uh, the U.S. Women's Open was there a couple of years ago, South Carolina, I believe. Yeah. Uh, that one really like opened my eyes up to mow lines, like the the broad uh, approaches um, to the greens, where a lot of a lot of courses are are these skinny necks that go up to the green. Um, where that course had these broad shoulders that go, you know, that run up to the greens. And that one caught my eye. And I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, David Normoyle, um, and he's he was a USGA uh, historian. Um, and we were talking about it, and he mentioned the Golden Age Architects. That's that's how they did it. They They had the green was the head, and the approach was the shoulders. So they were wide big, you know, so you could, so obviously it was a different game then where you're running balls up from every direction. But, um, you know, that's where I kind of just, just started there. Um, and then the president's cup at Royal Melbourne was, was another eye opener that, that was just, you know, their, their mow lines and how there's short grass around the greens and, um, everywhere just kind of, you know, sparked this, I don't know, uh, kind of lit a fire inside of me, like, okay, I can see it. I yeah. see it. And then we, we'd go out and, and start messing around with lines and, um, you know, it just seemed to work, work out that way. And, you know, it, it, it's the green complexes, the surrounds, you know, the short grass balls want, you know, Langford obviously wanted balls to run in off balls that were offline to run into these bunkers. So, you know, it's kind of, once you start seeing it, I, I feel that, you know, it just becomes like a, uh, second nature to find the mow lines once you kind of see on, on, you know, I'm sure it's different on different properties, but, yeah. uh, it just became second nature to find them. Yeah. Well, that's something that we haven't touched on yet. The property. I mean, I've grown up in kind of the same neck of the woods up here. It's pretty flat for the most part. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could not have picked a better piece of property for i know it was intended to be 27 holes but for the nine holes that it ended up being i mean unreal piece of property surrounded by pretty flat ground yeah 
yeah, that's you know the the glacier did something there, <laughs> yes. but it definitely left. Uh, it's it's not. <clears throat> you don't feel like you're in Indiana, that's for sure. Yes. You know, you can't see 12 miles each direction. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it was. Um, and it, it, uh, it, it's very undulating, very hilly. Um, it's a tough walk. Uh-huh. Um, it, but you, you just don't see that kind of movement in Indiana very often. Um, at least not in northern Indiana. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, I, it was, it, this kind of meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's when I played, um, also the funny thing when I played, I pulled out Vermont hole number one and I actually hit the fairway on one and I'm pulling out my range finder to eyeball the next, and my batteries were dead in my range finder. And like okay. looking back on it, I'm like, you know, actually, if you're going to play this course for the first time, yeah, do it without a range finder and, right, and get right. more of a classic feel of what you're going for. Sure, sure. And that was Culver's intent when they started, was they wanted it to be a 1920 course. Yeah. I mean, they even, they even went as far as they didn't really want to put T-markers out hmm. um, or T-signs. or But because, you know, post high school events, you kind of have to have, you kind of have to have T-markers out. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's... Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's it's hard the first time you play it for sure. Yes. If if, if you've only played it once, I feel for you. But um, <laughs> second the second time around, you can you you find there's there's certain things you can pick out that make it a little easier. Yeah. To play. Well, I might have to see if I can get that second time under my belt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I remember thinking tough walk. Um, I know the guys I played with ended up playing. I played 18. They ended up playing a little more. Um, but the course is not super long. Obviously, as many courses of that era are not. And yet I felt like I needed every kind of shot in the bag to get around there and make yeah. a decent score, right? It's just right. it challenges every part of your game. I think so, yeah. Um you know, it's, it, you're right. It's not super long. It's got three par fives, three par fours, three par threes, uh-huh. uh, and the par fives aren't. You know, they're not crazy long like like par fives are nowadays. Um, but it does require a lot of shots. Um, it can put you in. You know, what what I like about it now, especially with the way we kind of change things, is you kind of kind of you kind of have to know where to miss. Um, you know, it's not so much where you want to hit it, but where you don't want to be. Because uh-huh. um, you can find those spots a lot, uh, especially with the big, the big green complexes and deep, deep bunkers. And, you know, it's, uh, um, you, you got to know uh, where to miss. <laughs> yeah, I found that out the hard way. I was looking at my scorecard the other <laughs> night. And I was like, man, I, did not, I had a couple birdies, but I otherwise did not play real great. Um, I was looking. <laughs> We'll move on from that. Um, as I'm looking at the at the scorecard, um, yeah, like you said, three par threes, three par fours, three par fives. Do you have um, do you have a favorite hole? Do you have one that you think really epitomizes what Culver is all about? Oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a, I think I think my favorite hole out there is hole six okay. um, because of the green complex. Uh, it's it's one of the more interesting ones out there, but I, 
Colts, Colts two and three are really good too. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because uh, Jim, the gentleman named Jim Henderson, who's a, they call him Mr. Culver, wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, he was the CEO of Cummings Engines for a long time. And uh, he was the one that was in charge of raising funds from the alumni to, to restore the course. But he grew up, his dad worked at Culver, so he grew up on that course. Uh-huh. And he's, he always says, he, He's like, I, I always thought golf courses had like every hole was good. Like every hole you go to is good. He said, and then when I was working for Cummins, we'd go out to like Pebble Beach and he's like, not every hole's good out there. Yeah. He's like, don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. He said, but he goes, so I, when I grew up, every hole at Culver was good, a good hole. You know, it was, there was something good about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's tough for me to pick favorites and it, it changes all the time but number six doesn't change i I really like that uh green complex it's a big huge hump in the front right yeah uh big uh big shoulders uh on the back part of the green that that funnel everything to the middle i mean it's it's a fun and it's tough hole it's it's sneaky long um and that's probably my favorite yeah i'm glad i pinned you down on that one uh, I think. Did you have a favorite one? Well, as I'm thinking about it, I think so. I played one, and it was like you're just trying to get your your feet on the ground, right? And then we turn the corner, and we're sizing up two, and that green complex, and the way that yeah. that doesn't look like any of the courses that I usually play, right? Right. Right. And right. Um, that for me was the first like, yeah, this place is this is a type of course design that i'm just unfamiliar with because i've just never seen right. it before right yes yeah absolutely yeah and then i, I think i think my favorite hole is number four yeah um, a lot of people love four yeah yeah and for obviously not many people have played it so four is a, a short par four i think it's about 370 yards maybe the green runs diagonally in front of you from right to left and 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 then once you're up on the fairway, the fairway is tilted right to left. Correct. And then if you end up left of the green, that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I, I think what I appreciated about it is that you have a ton of options. You can cut off a bunch of the of yep. the uh, of the fairway if you're a long hitter. You can play it shorter. You have a longer shot in. Yeah. For I think I had a wedge and you know, when I played it and it was like I'm a lefty, so for me the ball's below my feet. I'm trying not to go left and then once I I I'm pretty sure I three putted for bogey because I got on the green and I had no idea what I was like what was going on. <laughs> right. um, it was a fascinating hole, I felt like. No, I it, you're right. And a lot of people like that one. A lot of people. Chris Monte, like who I mentioned before with Bobby Weed Associate, that was his favorite. Uh, he thought it was he thought it might be one of the best short par fours in the country. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but it, it is, yeah, you're right. There's so many options. Uh, it's, it's like 290 to carry straight to the green, uh-huh. uh, because of the dog leg. Um, so, you know, there's some kids nowadays that, that put it in that big bunker in the front left and, uh, play from there. Um, but there's, yeah, there's like, there's a lot of ways to play it. Yeah. Oh, and I think that's what makes a, especially a nine hole course so interesting is that you can go around it 
a, a ton of times and it's it's never the same right right in the in the three different key boxes now and yeah I mean you can make it yeah you can make it really different for sure yeah yeah I also I think I was drawn to well I almost I almost had a whole one on eight which was yeah. one of my best shots of my life. Um, if I would have made a hole in one out there, that would have been <laughs> unbelievable. But I, what I loved about that hole is it's the green is super deep. Right. So you can do, you could play that hole probably like what, 140 or whatever, or you could stretch it all the way out to let's oh, say yeah. 175 or something like that. Yeah, I think it's, it's from the gold tees, I think it's around 170. Okay. Uh, five, yeah, I think that's right. But, uh, yeah, you could, uh, it's, uh, I want to say it's like 40 yards from the green. So you, you could make it, yeah, you can make it a whole different, uh, hole. Uh, it's, 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 yeah. Well, then, it's, it's a cool, yeah, that was, that one was one of the biggest reclaimed greens, too. I think it grew, uh, I wouldn't quote me, but I think it's about, uh, double what it was so and a lot of it was in front there um it was just kind of a small uh, they were all just circle greens um if you see it if you can get an aerial from you know a few years ago you can still see the circles um uh, you know it, i'd have to pull I'm, i might be able to pull them up and email them to you to see and see what i'm talking about but yeah it was uh that one, that one and number three uh, grew were the biggest uh, reclaimed greens. Yeah. yeah. Well, all those greens have gotten much bigger <laughs> than they were, that's for sure. <laughs> right. right, for sure, yeah. As you look um, over your time there and where the course is at now, um, where, where are you at with it and kind of what are your priorities now? course toward what we talked about earlier in town and how it is well we're, we're still working on low line um i'm still i still find things every now and then um i've i've uh, we have expanded two greens uh hole two and hole five um we uh hole five for instance the, the green slopes about seven feet from back to front <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and there, there's only like the right side you can put a pin on, and there's one spot on the left, the front left, that you can put a pin on. Uh, everything else is kind of, yeah, it's just, I don't think it's fair anywhere else. Um, but I, I was looking through photos again um, last uh, spring, and saw a, a little ridge on a photo of hole five that was in what I would call the approach. Yeah. The more I looked in detail in the photo, I saw the guy cutting on the drink. He was on the drink. So I went out, got the photos, and looked, looked at that little, I mean, it was just a little ridge, and figured the green was about... Uh, 10 yards further out in front than where, where we had it. Um, so I just, you know, talked to the facility director and thought, you know, we, we ought to try to do this because it was the front of it was 100, not 100%, but 90% bent grass. So, and it's nothing we had seeded or added to. So 
I'm just assuming it was done that way a hundred years ago and the grass just survived. So, so we slowly brought it down and, and got it to greens height, uh, this spring. And, and we've added, I want to say it's about 2,500 square feet to that green, but we can use the front part of it now. Um, even along kind of like where the collar was last year, we can put pins in there now and, and, you know, it's just, uh, just able to use more of it. And it's, uh, I think it'll be better. And two is kind of the same way. I haven't found a photo of two, but the front part of it where we mowed as an approach, um, is kind of flat, um, and a lot of bent grass in that too. And, um, you know, looking at the 20, or the 39 aerial it wasn't real it's not very distinct whether it was green or not but it's it kind of looks like it might have been so uh, we went ahead and and um, mowed that one out too. figure we could just let it grow back if it doesn't work out but it's it has worked out uh really really well i mean it's uh from the t-box looks looks pretty spectacular with the green in front now and and um, you can put a few more pins on there too so um, that's what we've added to, and still, still finding mow lines, like I said, and just trying to uh, really focus on playability um, and finding areas for short grass and making the course uh, uh, more enjoyable to play. Um, I know you said you enjoyed it, but I, I, I you know, I, I just think there's, there's a and I've, I've found this out over time too. There's just a, such a place for short grass around greens that makes it uh, makes it easier for for higher handicaps and and makes it makes the lower handicaps think a little more about what they want to do and how they want to play shots and and uh, how balls can deflect now and roll and it's just it just seems like it's more fun to me. Yeah. Uh, so so I've been focusing on that and and. By playability, I mean we're sanding areas now that we weren't trying to firm them up, and um, you know, just change, trying to change some grasses in a different, get more bent grass in some areas. So that's kind of been our focus the last uh, year, year and a half. And hoping for a little less rain up here in uh, our <laughs> part of the country as well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy here the last month for sure. It has. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I play uh, I play a lot of my golf out at Southland Country Club. Yeah. And yeah. great. I'm same. I mean, I, I kind of grew up working there, so that probably tells okay. you why I love old historic courses. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And it was as firm and fast as I can remember in the spring yeah. because it's, you know, it's a swampy set. It's swampy property for the most part. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But it was firm and fast in spring. And I was like, man, this is nuts. I'm loving it. And then I went out there and played this last week and my drives were plugging in the fairway again. And, you know, and they do, they do a great, I mean, Nick, the oh, yeah. super out there is fantastic and they do a yeah, great job, yeah, but yeah. it's yeah. just, the weather has just been brutal for the last month. Your hands are tired sometimes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's unfortunate because we, we were in the same boat, man. We were good. We were firm, fast, and, you know, once it, you live on the edge with these heavy clay soils, uh -huh. you know, getting, getting them too dry, you lose them, and obviously too wet, they're they're not really fun to play on. So there's uh, a fine line, and sometimes you just got to wave the white flag and say, I'm, you know, we give up. Yeah, Mother Nature always wins in the end. Yes, she does. She always wins. <laughs> <laughs> as the truth. Well, as we're um another thing that 
I was thinking about in, in the run up to, to this talk was you go from uh, Blackthorn, which is probably the highest volume course in our area. Because um, oh, yeah. I don't think oh, yeah. Warren gets as much play. Um, yeah, probably not. And then you go to Clover, which is how many rounds a year do you think? <laughs> oh, it's it's hard to say, <laughs> uh, but it's it's no more than two thousand. Right. So I mean, the difference there is yeah. pretty crazy, and it's also. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, as a superintendent, one of the things that you love is feedback from players that are sure. playing it, and you don't get as much of that at Culver. Um, how do you keep – I mean, obviously, you are a self-starter, of course, but how do you keep you know pushing the envelope and bringing the course along how you want um, at a place that is uh, now a ton of people see and doesn't get a ton of play? Right. Yeah, it was it, it was it was different for sure. Uh yeah, it was hard to do an it was hard to do a late morning afternoon job at Blackthorn. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was just people, people after people. Uh but it was and that was one of the uh things I thought about when I was offered the job and I even talked to Don about was how it was gonna without play, how are you gonna motivate yourself to keep improving? Um and and it I haven't found that to be challenging yet, um, just because um, because of what we've talked about, what I've learned, and I, I just try to do different things each year and focus focus on different surfaces and try to try to get them where they need to be. But yeah, I, it, it's hard because the you know the kids, the teams like the course you know they they don't give much feedback except for yeah you know they, they're 16 they like years old right yeah. right right yeah. right uh the coaches give a little bit of feedback it's nice to hear um and most the alums that play it are the same way they just you know they enjoy it and you know thank you for it and um because of where it was i mean if you'd have played it uh 10 years ago and played it now i mean it's it was it's just the change and not because of me it's just uh, just because of where it was then and what they, they didn't spend any money on it or you know thing it was just like i said it was a crabgrass field with these little circle greens um i'm, I'm thankful ran more said golf club atlas uh played it in two, 2006 and wrote wrote his article about it because that's what got things moving but i'm glad somebody like that could see the potential in it um and and uh i'm glad culver uh listened and and did did what they did to it but uh it's it, it's definitely difficult not getting feedback from players but um you know like i said i, I get a lot of messages a lot of calls a lot of people come play it and a lot of people that know what they're talking about come and play it and i like when that happens because they they can give you some honest feedback and um you know can tell you what they think and um and typically it's people that you you know they know what they're talking about so um i even had pete die uh drove around the course uh the, like the second year i was there <laughs> and that was pretty cool that was for pete and pb and and alice was there too so um, you know, we drove the course. He didn't say much, uh, until we got to hole eight that you're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, the green. And, um, we had some native grass that came out, uh, close to the tee boxes and it kind of, 
from the goal tee kind of blocked the view of the green and he said you need to chop this grass down so you can see the bunker on the left and the next day I chopped the grass <laughs> so you can see <laughs> if Pete said it then I was gonna do it for yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, well yeah that's uh that's golf royalty anywhere but certainly in Indiana. That's oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was a fun day. I'll never forget that one. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Well, we'll... But, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's tough, but to get the kind of people that come there and and the Culver family and and it just you know you're you're motivated to keep it keep it going for them and for the kids for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll put a bow on it um, with this one um, for a guy that. Um, kind of made his way into the industry. I don't want to say by accident, but kind of by happenstance and finding a passion. Um, to be sort of the steward of this, of this course that clearly you've fallen head over heels for while you've been there. Um, right. what as you sort of think about that, how how does it hit you? How do you feel about kind of the journey and, and where it's landed you and, and where you're at with this, with this golf course? Well, it's, it's yeah, it, it has become, well, turf has always been a great passion for me, but I've, I've found this other passion for architecture oh. and, and for Culver itself. I, I always like to tell when people come, the golf course is great. And, but the Culver and Culver academies is their stories. You know, if you like history, their story is pretty good too. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, the, some of the alums and, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just a pretty cool place to be in Northern Indiana. Um, it's very different. Um, you know, the, the winter schools get kids from all over the world, 40, over 40 countries, I believe. They have kids that come there. It's a college preparatory school, uh-huh. you know, and, people aren't aware of, of what it is. Um, the boy side is a military type school. Um, and the girl side, um, is, is not military. It's, they run off a prefect system, um, totally focused on leadership. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a neat place. And, um, it's, it's, it, the architecture has become a passion for me. And, uh, I just, just trying to, like you said, a steward of it, trying to keep it um, nice and, and in the mix. And I like that people talk about it and enjoy it um, and, and that the, the donors uh, can get that feedback. And the, the ranking we got last year was, was really big. They were really excited about that, as, as I was. Um, I don't take rankings, you know too seriously but that was a pretty that was a pretty big one to get um so it's it, it is it culver the the course has has a special place in my heart spent a lot of time there um i put a lot of work and effort into it and um you know it's it, it it's become a passion for me like you said um it's it's a special place yeah well the golf world Thanks you for all the hard work. Gives us something to talk about and pine over, right? <laughs> well, Mike, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I know that uh, my fellow New Club members will enjoy hearing it, and uh, we wish you all the best of luck uh, on your on your adventures down there on uh, the Culver Academy's course. 
Well, thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me, and I hope to hope to see you and and uh, some of the other guys out there soon. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you are not a subscriber, please do subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, we're at New Club Golf. This episode was produced by Mark Caldwell with research assistance by Jim Sitar. The backdrop is supported by members of New Club Golf Society and our official partners. 